Good evening, everybody. It's time to begin our service. Tonight we will have one song, and then David will have announcements. Two more songs, and then uh, Chris will have our lesson. Our first song tonight is number 231. 231, Hilltops of Glory. Yes, Jeremy, I'm going to have everybody stand so you can just pull a Jason and beat everybody. If you would, let's stand, please. <laughs> Onward rejoicing, I dread like way. I hear I climbing each passing day. Hilltops of glory, now Be seated. Good evening, church family. A couple of announcements before we start our devotional. Um, as a reminder, that uh, Life Group One, that's Rick's Life Group, will be meeting Sunday morning after services for barbecue. Um, so it should be a lot of fun if you're in Life Group One. Um, please stick around for that. Um, also, uh, there's a middle school and high school devotional this Sunday evening after services. Uh, breakfast, we'll be serving breakfast for that, so it should be a lot of fun. Um, men, please put on your schedules uh, March 17th through the 18th. That is the men's retreat, um, so March 17th through the 18th. That's a Friday and Saturday. And uh, March 19th is the deacons meeting, so all deacons are encouraged to come to that. Also, teachers are still needed for Bible hour for uh, K through third grade on Sunday. If you can help out with that, please see Connie or Jeremy. Um, also on the 21st is Young at Heart. We are heading to Roadhouse. Um, there's, there's not a science sheet yet, but there will be one. Um, so on 21st be Young at Heart. Um, updates on our prayer list. Remember, continue to keep Jimmy Wilgus in your prayers. Uh, keep Terry Leap in your prayers as Gary Leap's brother. Uh, keep Jennifer Baker and Amber Spitzer in your prayers as they could, uh, 
continue with their cancer treatments and, um, and keep their families in their prayers at this time as well. Also, remember to continue to keep Jamie Estes in your prayers as uh, he's at home now, um, but uh, he's being has to be sterilized and all that stuff in the sterilized room, but to keep Jamie Estes in your prayers. Also keep um, Gary Stevens' um, brother Wayne in your prayers as well at this time, and keep uh, Dar- as we Darnell Hall, he had surgery this week. Um, he came forward the other day and asked for prayers, so Mary, continue to keep him in your prayers and keep uh, Ernie Bishop in your prayers as well. And there was one more I couldn't remember. Um, remember? I know there was four. No, I said three. Wayne, Daryl, and Ernie. And Jamie. Oh, Jamie. My nephew. Yeah. I can't count, yeah. <laughs> uh, is there anybody else that I may have missed? All right, let's go to God. Huh? Time changed this Sunday, so uh, you spring forward. Um, no, I'm not sure. Not when you get up here. Everything, everything leaves your mind. All right, let's go to God in prayer at this time. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much for all the many blessings you give us, Lord. This opportunity to come here this evening, Lord, to learn more about you, to be able to apply your word to our everyday lives, Lord. Lord, we ask you this time to continue to be with our elders here at Rome, Lord. Give them the wisdom and guidance they need, Lord. Let them always stay true and faithful to your word. Lord, help them direct and guide us, Lord. Let us be an encouragement to them. Lord, we ask you this time to be with our sick, be with Jimmy and Terry and Jennifer and Amber as they continue with their cancer treatments, Lord. Be with their families and comfort them, Lord, and please uh, pray that their sickness and cancer will go, that, that will go away from them, Lord. Lord, be with Jamie and, and Wayne and Darnell and, and Ernie as they had surgeries um, or in their hospital, Lord, just be with them, be with their families as well, Lord, and be with the doctors and the family members who are taking care of them. Lord, we ask you this time to continue to be with our widows and our shut-ins. Lord, help us to be an encouragement to them. Let them know that we're thinking of them on a regular basis, Lord. Lord, we ask you this time to still continue to be with our youth, Lord. We know they go through difficult times in their life, Lord, but they know that help us to help them that they know that they can go to your word for the right path that lead them to us out through a faithful life, Lord. Lord, we also ask you this time, Lord, to continue to be with us, watch over us, help us be a light within our community, Lord. Lord, most of all, we thank you for your love that you have for us, the love that you sent your son to die on the the cross for us, Lord. Lord, we thank you so much for always being there for us and, and watching over us and and helping us. Forgive us, Lord, when we do fall short. In Jesus Christ's name I do pray. Amen. Our next song is on the overhead only. It's highly exalted. I know this might be a new song to some, but I also know that there is a number that know it. So if you don't know it, you'll get it good the second time through because it's the same thing over again. So highly exalted. You were despised, you were rejected, Lord, those who passed by, even a bird. 
Our song before the lesson this evening is number 841. 841, sing and be happy.
Our song of invitation is number 337, Is Thy Heart Right With God? I don't know how much you know about Blue Jays. I don't know a ton about them. At least I didn't until today. Uh, there's kind of been a bird hanging out in our in our gardener at the bird feeder up until this uh, today. I started doing some research. I found a picture of a Blue Jay, and I thought, man, that is just incredible. It's not this one. This is just a regular picture of a Blue Jay. Next is a picture of a Blue Jay that's just really kind of incredible. But it started me on this journey of learning about Blue Jays. And so I'm going to share with you some of the things I learned about Blue Jays. Uh, today, they plant each blue jay plants somewhere between three and five thousand acorns every single year. Isn't that incredible? Three thousand to five thousand acorns every single year for every single blue jay. That kind of that kind of blew me away. And they put them just deep enough that they are in the perfect range to germinate. So they're planting trees, but they're not doing it intentionally. They're not intentionally planting trees. What they're doing is putting stock away for the winter. The cool thing about this is they forget where one out of, or they forget where three out of the four or three out of the five uh, acorns are. So that they forget like 66% or so uh, of where they put these acorns. And so they just grow up into acorn trees. So if you like acorn trees, I know, oak trees. So if you like oak trees, you go hug a blue jay. Um, so that, I think that's, that's kind of that's neat. Um, apparently, they're really picky about where they choose to put these trees. And so they'll, they'll find different kinds of, of nuts and seeds and acorns and uh, a variety of different trees. And they'll, first of all, they're picky about which ones they choose. And so they'll, uh, scientists that study birds, I don't know what they're called, but Scientists that study birds that watch specifically blue jays have noticed that they'll pick up an acorn or a seed or a nut in their beak and they'll kind of shake it around. And if it doesn't pass muster, they'll throw it to the side and they'll pick up the next one. They'll shake it around and if it's the one they won't want, they'll take it somewhere and bury it. So that's interesting that they have standards for which ones are good and which ones are not good. We'll get to more about that in a second. But then they will place certain nuts or seeds or acorns in certain areas. And so they are choosing how the forest is laid out in 100 years or 50 years, however long it takes the trees to grow up. They're choosing specific spots. I think that's, I think that's kind of interesting. In fact, when uh, this, this deal they, that they do with the, with the beak and they, they shake around the acorn or seed or whatever it is, Scientists think that they're they're looking for the um, making sure that the, that the acorn is in good shape, that it's going to be a tasty morsel, I guess, in December for them. But that means that the acorn's intact. And so, what's so cool about this is eighty eight percent. The scientists that study blue jays, they found eighty eight percent of the of the acorns and the seeds and the nuts that these blue jays plant, they grow up into trees. When the scientists did it themselves, humans who have advanced degrees in science only got 10% of the trees, the acorns and the seeds and the nuts that they planted. Only 10% of those grow up into trees. I thought, oh, this is just, it's just kind of impressive what these tiny birds are able to do. Um, they take ants. I, I didn't even know this was a thing with any bird, but apparently several birds do this, but blue jays do it as well. They'll take ants whom they like to eat, and they will put them on their feathers. 
in the hopes that the ants will be so aggravated that they will shoot out this noxious spray in an effort to send their predator away. But it, that noxious spray ends up on the bird's feathers and the bird, the blue jay, is able to then eat them without indigestion, basically. I thought, man, how cool is that? That's, that's, just, that's just really neat to me. Do you know what blue jays eat then? Mostly they eat berries and acorns and seeds, the occasional insect, which makes this picture so interesting to me. <laughs> this is the picture I ran across a couple of weeks ago and thought, there's an illustration in here somewhere. I don't know what it is yet, but there's an illustration in here somewhere for something that's really, really powerful. And I think I found out what it is. Uh, blue jays weigh somewhere between two and a half to three and a half ounces. Do you know what else weighs about three ounces? Three standard envelopes weigh about three ounces. Would you want to attack a bald eagle with envelopes? Yeah, me neither. <laughs> we went to the, uh, the Bronx Zoo several years ago on a mission trip. Uh, and so they have this bald eagle that's there. I've never seen a bald eagle up close. Like you see them flying through the air and they're majestic and beautiful and powerful and all those things. And it's neat to watch them the hunt, right? Uh, but I've never seen one up close within five or ten feet of, of me. Uh, but this one was, and it was, it, was, it was standing on the ground. And I thought, this thing is huge. And I kind of approached it with its back turned. And when it saw our, our loud, noisy group uh, coming up, it kind of swiveled its head. And I thought, I met this thing's eyes. And I thought, man, if this thing wanted to kill me, I think I'd be dead. <laughs> I don't think I could defend myself against this massive bird. He's just he's bulky and strong, and his talons and his beak, and it, it's terrifying. But this three-ounce blue jay is attacking a bald eagle, uh, and it's like the size of or the weight of some envelopes. I just thought that was that was incredible. And it's not like he's going to be able to outrun the eagle. Blue jays are kind of slow birds. They only top top out speed uh, flight at 25 miles an hour. The eagle, also a fairly s slow flyer, tops out at 30 miles an hour. So he's going to catch them. It's not like the blue jay is going to be able to outrun the eagle. Uh, the blue jay's normal predators, remember we said that the blue jay eats berries and acorns and the occasional insect, but mostly it lives off seeds and things like that. The blue jay's normal predator are hawks. Obviously eagles would fit into that group, owls. But this thing will attack a predator. If it sees a, a predator, if it sees an owl or a hawk or something like that that's encroaching in on its territory, they will, they will do this to these predators that normally eat blue jays. They will go up and pick a fight with them. All three ounces of them will pick this, this fierce fight. And you know what the predator normally does? Both the eagle, the hawk, the owl normally does when the blue jay attacks? It flies away. Isn't that a, it's kind of phenomenal. Something that weighs three ounces attacks this thing that could probably kill a human if it really wanted to, and that thing flies away. So when I was thinking through this, this picture, I thought, you know, passion can make up for an awful lot, can't it? This, this little thing doesn't have anything to its advantage. It's not fierce in comparison to the eagle, certainly. It's not fast in comparison to the eagle, certainly. It's not hefty 
in comparison to the eagle. It doesn't have anything to its advantage. There is absolutely no reason this thing should be attacking an eagle. It sees an eagle and it ought to fly the other direction, but it doesn't do that. Every time when it sees a predator encroaching in its territory, blue jay, any blue jay, every blue jay will attack that predator. And I thought, man, passion makes up for a world of, 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 of differences, right? The, the, there's so many shortcomings that a blue jay has, but it has all this passion, all this fierceness, all this boldness, and it can send even its predators on the run. It reminded me of the story of, uh, of the, the Jesus told about the man that had the five talents and the man that had the two talents and the one talent man. The five talent man comes after the master has come back. He's, he's been, of course, you know the story. He's been given five talents uh, and the master goes away on a long journey. Eventually the master comes back and he's ready to settle accounts and he comes back and he talks to the man that has the five talents. The five talent man said, well, paraphrasing and putting a few words into his mouth here, I suppose, but I've worked hard and I've been devoted and I've, I've been passionate and I have doubled what you've entrusted to me. And so what, is, what does the master say? Well, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your master. And then the two-talent man comes forward and you, and you might expect something different from him, but he too essentially says, well, I've been devoted and I've been passionate and, and look, I have, I've doubled what you've entrusted to me. And he gets the exact same reward as the man who had been entrusted with more, who had more abilities, if, if you'll allow that, that train of thought there. Um, the five-talent man was entrusted with more. He, he had more going for him than the two-talent man did. But they get the exact same reward. You see, like, the, their passion in doubling what the master had entrusted to them gains them the exact same reward. It didn't matter how much one man had been entrusted with, that he had been entrusted with much more than, than the other man. It didn't matter how many skill sets he had. It didn't matter what he was good at. It didn't, it didn't matter what his personality was like or what his, his, his hobbies were, his skill sets were, the things that he was interested in. None of those things mattered. It mattered about his passion. That, that's really all that mattered. He was able to double what had been entrusted to him. Both of them were. And so Jesus comes down to the one-talent man and this guy is scared, apparently, of the master. And so he is paralyzed by fear. And he says, oh, I didn't do anything with what you had given me. Here's what was yours in the beginning. And the, to the story Jesus tells takes an interesting turn here, doesn't it? Because this guy, who is able to return back exactly what he was given, is condemned and he's tossed out into outer darkness. If we can read into the story a little bit here, this guy had no passion. He may have had at least some ability. Certainly, he was given one talent. I know it's talking about money and the talents, and I understand that. But if you'll allow that, that analogy here, I think he's trying to teach us something here with this idea. This man was given one talent, certainly he had some ability, but instead of doing anything with it, he went out and hid it. There's no passion there. There's no boldness. There's no fierceness there. 
the point of this picture and the point of what I'm trying to make tonight is you be bold, you be fierce, you be passionate with every ounce of your being, you be passionate in God's kingdom. Because you know what he does with passionate people? He uses them to accomplish incredible things in his church and in his world. You think about Abraham. Abraham, go at your old age. You just start walking, and I'll tell you when to stop when you've reached this new homeland that I've given you. And you know what he says? Okay. Mind-boggling, right? Boldness, fierce, passionate. It's crazy. It doesn't even make sense that he would do that. And you find guy after guy, lady after lady in the Bible who have these shortcomings. Abraham's old. He doesn't have any children. This is not his homeland. He doesn't know where he's going. He's got all these shortcomings, all these fallacies where he can make excuses. But you know what he does? He's faithful and passionate, and he just goes. He's like the five-talent. He's like the two-talent man. He just goes. And God does incredible things through him. So you dream big. Dream big that dream Dream dreams that are so much bigger than you can accomplish by yourself so that God can come in and work with you and through you to accomplish that thing. That's the kind of passion that we need. That's the kind of passion that's it's unstoppable. It's like Peter and John walking into the temple looking to start a conversation with everybody, right? You be Blue Jays. Let's be, let's be Blue Jays who are fiercely passionate, bold, and dreaming big dreams, doing things that are, that are impossible, that don't even make sense. He goes, that's, that's where God lives. That's, what, that's his wheelhouse. That's what he's good at, accomplishing things that we think are, are too big or too much. Catch, capture that dream and run it all the way to heaven. Run it all the way till you hear, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of your master. Tonight, if you've not been baptized, that promise is not yours. You are still in your sins, and that needs to be absolved. The only way that that can happen is through baptism. You're immersed into water, and your sins are washed away. Maybe you've already made that decision tonight, and you're struggling. You need the prayers of this congregation to be fierce, to be bold. We want to help you in any way we can. Won't you come as we stand and sing?
Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you for this day and everything you've given us, and we're thankful for this beautiful night for us to come here to learn more about you and to worship you, and we're thankful for Chris and his lesson and showing us how to be bold and get closer to you, and please bless our classes and help our teachers uh, teach and just speak through them, and thank you for Jesus on the cross to forgive us of our sins, and we're thankful for all the blessings that we have. In Jesus Christ's name we pray, amen.